0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Take Care of Women podcast with Sherry DiBias, I'm your host Cody. Sherry is a women's health specialist with 30 plus years of experience. She taught at Loma Linda University for seven years, has been in private practice for 25 years, and currently runs one of the biggest women's health physical therapy clinics in the US. On this podcast, we dive into topics about women's health with the goal to educate and improve the quality of life of women. Here's a snippet from today's show.
1: She loves this baby. She bonds to him. Her whole brain changes. If you look at all the work that happens in your brain, her whole brain changes after having a baby. And that's a wonderful thing because in those brain changes, she then connects and she bonds with her children for the rest of her life. But the trouble is, is that then sometimes she forgets that her physical realm is the vehicle that she needs to facilitate the rest of her family system. And if she forgets how to ask for help to take care of herself, and if she forgets actually how to stay in tune with herself to know what she needs, what will happen is I see women 20 and 30 and 40 years later that should have taken care of something that they knew was an issue, literally postpartum, but guess what they did? They just kept sweeping it under the rug because they didn't understand that that thing compounds and gets worse and worse if we don't choose to actually take care of who we are.
0: If you want more content like this, please hit the subscribe button. We do content like this weekly. This show is sponsored by Lake City Physical Therapy. Lake City Physical Therapy specializes in pelvic floor, breast cancer oncology, and women's sports medicine physical therapy. To learn more, go to lakecitypt.com. Again, that's lakecitypt.com. All right, let's start today's show. Hi, I'm your uh, host, Cody. Uh, Today, uh, I'm super excited to talk about our topic. Um, uh, We're going to be going over uh, what you should know about postpartum, what you should do about postpartum, really everything postpartum, (laughs) now that I'm looking at the questions in the show notes. So uh, let's just dive in. Uh, to begin with, uh, w- what is postpartum? I feel like there's so much misinformation and um, kind of the modern, uh, I would say the, the you know, ma- mainstream culture's understanding of it is pretty uh, slim. I feel like there's so much more that we don't talk about. So I'd love to hear from your perspective, um, what, what is postpartum and, and what are the things um, that you think need to be talked about more in relationship to it?
1: So any time a woman has a baby, we consider postpartum immediately after labor and delivery. And then really a woman is postpartum the rest of her life. Um, there's not really a lot of research that's done postpartum on women and all the changes that happen to a woman's body. But that postpartum timeframe is literally from labor and delivery as soon as that baby is delivered. and um, Um, And and onward the rest of their life. So, you know, if you think about it, a a woman, you know, maybe has her first baby when she's 28 years old and from 28 until she's um, literally passes on, that's her postpartum period. And we just don't really talk about it in that way or really understand how much physiological and anatomical changes happen to a woman during that time frame.
0: Is there a period where like more of those changes happen? Like is it is it immediately after, you know, birth or is I I I imagine that there's probably like you know timelines throughout that or time periods throughout that uh, where this happens? Uh, it, do do we uh, categorize those different phases in different ways?
1: Um, I I think we do um, now a little bit better than we did before. Um, uh, The ACOG, um, which is the American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology, is actually recognizing that we have a fourth trimester, which would mean Now we have three months postpartum that we're looking at and it would be great to think that everything um, changes and gets back to normal in three months after having a baby, but that's not really the case. And um, we see physiological and anatomical changes happening for years afterwards after we have children and then think of it if we add on multiple children on top of that. um, I just had a mom, you know, four babies in saying, wow, this fourth baby has really caught up to me. You know, my abdominal muscles aren't as strong as I used to be. My back hurts all the time. I have pelvic girdle pain. I never had that before with the first two babies. So you can see how over periods of time with women, with multiple children, how many changes can happen um, and physical impairments that then show up over um, long-term.
0: Super interesting. I had no idea that, like your second child could like introduce like different challenges Um, and you can have these like different things that show up. Um, Okay. So the transition and kind of into our next, go ahead.
1: I think one of the things that we're seeing is that by the second, third baby, et cetera, we're seeing, you know, more back pain and more pelvic girdle pain and um, earlier on in a pregnancy time we might see that and um, or maybe if a woman had back pain before she ever had children all of a sudden during her pregnancy um, that back pain will show back up again so some of these um, maybe injuries or things that have happened before in our life sort of you know show up again um, during that pregnancy time and then postpartum um, they sometimes can escalate so you know that's really why um, intervention earlier for women, um, if they have any pain patterns during um, pregnancy, it's just better to take care of it.
0: So, how early should they should there be intervention?
1: Well, we look at the musculoskeletal system and say as soon as there's anything that just doesn't seem exactly right, um, that they need to um, seek help, seek care there from their physician and then from their Um, physical therapists because, you know, the physical therapists are the specialists in uh, musculoskeletal care. So really we want them um, to be in um, physical therapy care and be talking to their doctor about um, physiological and anatomical changes that they feel.
0: Awesome. That's so great. Uh, Okay, so let's just transition kind of into this next. So uh, I feel like there's to reiterate, there's a lot of misunderstanding about postpartum. A big one of those is postpartum depression. Could you touch on that and how that is not the only thing that's related to postpartum? There's also all of these physiological things that are happening that are also associated with that mental. I'd love to hear kind of your thoughts and, and connecting those things together.
1: Well, it was pretty fascinating when you told me one of the biggest things that people search for postpartum is postpartum depression because postpartum depression and anxiety really are really not that understood. And yet it's fascinating that people are actually putting in that they, you know, when they're Google searching, hey, you know, I want to know about postpartum and postpartum depression is one of the first things they're asking about. Um, One of the um, research um, work that we had looked at was that if people have pelvic girdle pain and back pain, they're more likely to have postpartum depression. So you can almost see how you know, physiologically, if they don't feel well. So if their body doesn't feel good, that then all of a sudden, then that's going to affect, um, you know, their brain and their mental maternal health status. So I think the earlier that we can kind of intervene in those sorts of things um, to help them so that their back pain is less or their pelvic girdle pain is less, et cetera, then the likelihood that they have um, maternal mental health issues goes way down. So I, I definitely think that we're not looking that The system changes so much um, throughout um, pregnancy. At each trimester, there's more and more things that are happening that change the system. You know, the endocrine system, the renal system, uh, you know, the blood flow doubles in volume. Their gastrointestinal tract is changing. Their skin changes. So all of those things are huge changes. And I just don't think we're talking about them to women. And they don't really understand. And they're kind of told, oh, that's normal. Oh, you should live with that. You know, I have my moms who, uh, you know, have leaky bladder while they're pregnant and everybody says, oh, you know, the baby's just laying on your bladder. You know, don't worry about it. And I just don't think that's true. I think that we need to, you know, look at women and say, hey, you know, it's not normal for all these things to happen. Let's help you before this becomes really a long term problem. Um, we know a mom who has leaky bladder during uh, a pregnancy that a lot of times she, after pregnancy, doesn't even tell anybody that she has got this crazy leaky bladder for, you know, seven or eight years. She she doesn't talk to anybody about it because everybody has normalized that having leaky bladder is just okay. And that's not normal. And the same thing goes for constipation. It's not normal to be constipated after mom um, has her babies. And if she is constipated, then we need intervention and we need to teach her things that she needs to be able to do, especially if she's had, you know, a perineal tear or a tear in the floor during labor and delivery. A lot of times that affects, you know, their ability to have good regular bowel movements every day.
0: Totally. Totally. So so is there things that uh, women can do in their uh, prenatal um, to affect their postpartum? And I guess like what are those actions that are the most impactful?
1: I think for a woman to, first off, be educated and understand how her body is changing every trimester is really helpful. Um, you know, I think a lot of times we women were worrying about all these things during um, prenatal time that, you know, that really aren't, aren't, aren't things we should worry about, but then we're not taking care of the things that physically that we feel changing. So, you know, if a mom suddenly is becoming more constipated while she's um, pregnant, then she needs to be able to deal with that during the pregnancy and not wait till postpartum to take care of it. Or if she's feeling like, you know, I had one of my moms come in and literally, you know, about, oh, probably her second trimester, she was already leaking and leaky bladder. And she said, well, I don't even know, you know, what to do. Like, what should I do to take care of this? And she was kind of being told, hey, like, this is normal. Just go ahead, live with that. And so there's so many easy things that, in the musculoskeletal um, world that we can be teaching people to preemptively take care of themselves so they don't even have to have these issues postpartum because we're helping them take care of it um, prenatally. So. All of those systems actually saying, "Hey, if I have skin changes, if I have, you know, constipation starting, if you know, like, if all of a sudden, you know, I I feel tired and fatigued all the time, you know, teaching a um a new mom like, hey, how do I take care of myself better? Um, that's what's so important, you know, whether it's the foods we're eating or how much sleep we're getting, you know, a lot of my moms just keep trying to push through when they're pregnant. I'm like, hey, you have to sleep more. I that first trimester man, you have all these endocrine system changes, hormonal changes, and you're going to need to sleep more in the first trimester. But, you know, people just want to keep pushing, pushing women to... Um you know, who buck up, just keep doing, doing. And, you know, we have to learn to respect our systems and especially, you know, prenatally. And then postpartum is no different, you know, actually saying, hey, am I prepared? Am I willing to sort of step back a little bit and kind of care for myself a little bit better? And teaching women, it's okay to do that.
0: Totally. Uh, so talk to me about, I mean, let's look at the trimesters real quick. Like what are the, you know, some bullet points for each of them that women can do to help their quality of life uh, in each of those trimesters? Like if you had to do three bullet points for each uh, like what would those be?
1: I mean, I think in the first trimester for sure, I think, you know, kind of getting more sleep and sort of establishing more routines for yourself you know, kind of disciplining your life a little bit so you have a few more routines. And what I mean by that is like your prenatal vitamins, um, you kind of make a commitment to certain food patterns, you know, green leafy vegetables, things to help your bowels and systems be healthier. So sleep, your dietary intake, you know, and then just making sure that you're actually starting to see a physician. I think that's really important. I mean, we literally just had a mom who, literally never saw a physician, I think once or twice, you know, in the third trimester. And we're like, no you know it's better and healthier for a woman to actually establish care and kind of get in the rhythm of care you know depending on which kind of you know where she wants to deliver and labor and all of that whether it's with midwives or through obgyn groups or or whatever she chooses but i think establishing a rhythm in that first trimester really helps the rest of the trimesters go a lot easier I I think in the awesome. I think in the second trimester we're seeing so much um, change because you know baby's really starting to grow more and um, the food intake definitely I think get, goes up. You're not you don't have as much morning sickness as you usually do in the first trimester. So that second trimester is really a time. Um, It's probably the best time, I think, that you feel um, during your pregnancy. You know, some women just feel great throughout pregnancy and some of the rest of us um, have a harder time. But that second trimester, I think, is probably a little bit more of the easy part of of that whole process because I feel like... You know, women at least feel better. They're not nauseated every morning. Um, They feel a little bit more energetic. and, And that's where I really encourage women to, you know, if they have any pain starting or any, you know, skin issues or, you know, uh, constipation things, uh, you know, a lot of times we're seeing them in um, physical therapy during that second trimester because that's when things are suddenly starting to show up and women are starting to say, oh, well, my back's achy a little bit. And and I'll, you know, be like, oh, did you have back pain before? Oh, yeah, I had some back pain before. Oh, well, so, what's some things that I can teach you and help you know how to do And a lot of that's going back to core strength for women because suddenly, you know, their abdominal muscles are are stretching and elongating. So really instituting, I think, in the second trimester, the integration of musculoskeletal care. So that you actually have assistance in the musculoskeletal system because all these physical changes are going to happen in the musculoskeletal system during that time frame. So, you know, the uterus is starting to grow and suddenly the load is greater. So suddenly I have, you know, this anterior load. And so, you know, I have more back pain and more stretching of abdominal muscles. Pelvic floor has more load to it starting. So I think really actually having women sort of assess their body during that second trimester. Hey, how am I feeling every day? I love for them to aerobically be walking or doing some activity and and strength training during that time as well.
0: Awesome. That's great. Okay. So so with that in mind, what, what research do you feel like women should know more about that's related to postpartum that isn't mainstream yet? Like some of the stuff that you guys are talking in, in your circles of expertise, that you feel like should be shared and should be more well-known within the community, the greater female community.
1: Well, I think this goes right into, you know, the whole idea of that third trimester and the fourth trimester. So after baby is that I think people don't really women uh, realize that women are really athletes when they're having a baby. Like, I mean, you are literally doing an athletic endeavor for, you know, nine months you're actually growing a human being and your body is withstanding so many challenges and changes, like I mentioned before, through every system of our body. And I just don't think that has really been addressed in our community. I think because women have had babies forever. And, you know, if you think about it, when I did my work in Nepal, you know, women are having babies in the field And uh, literally then putting them on their back, nursing them, and then putting them on their back, and they keep working. And I remember while I was there working in the hospital, like, what? Like, what do you mean you're having a baby in a field and, you know, you're putting it on your back? And culturally, that's just what women do. That's what they've done forever. And I guess what we're after now is that we know that women are such an integral part in their family systems and in their communities and in their work. But what we want to do is take better care of women so that they can keep doing that. And I think we're just not understanding. We're not educating. We're not teaching. We're not sharing with our moms. Look, hey, these are all the changes that happened. So don't ask your body to all of a sudden just jump back into your normal, regular life honor your system and honor your body and allow it to have the time and, you know, you know, for healing to happen because they did this huge athletic event for nine months. I mean, I look at my triathletes and what they do and training and work, et cetera. And then I look at my moms and I think you just went through this huge athletic event, but who was training you and really, who was taking care of you during the event? And now that the event is over, who's taking care of you or who's helping you so you can have your quality of life back? And I think we've done a poor job as a as a community, like really circling around women and really helping them have a higher quality of life through this whole time frame. From the start of their pregnancy all the all the way through postpartum, we're just telling them, hey, you know, get back out there you know, do whatever, but we're not helping them and guiding them. You know, the crazy thing is research kind of says like education, a little bit of education improved women's incontinence by 50%. So, And it wasn't even that we treated the women in the study. They weren't even treated. They were just educated for two hours. And literally 50% of them already did better just by that education. That's that's amazing, honestly, that just by helping people understand what their bodies are doing or supposed to be doing, um, that the brain grabs onto that and is like, oh, man, okay, I know what to do now. But I think if women don't know... And we're not telling them and we're not sharing that information. You know, we've done a great injustice to them um, that they then can't have that quality of life. And yet we're asking them to, oh, get back out in the world and have a quality of life. And if you look at a lot of our states right now, a lot of our states don't even support Family Medical Leave Act. And, you know, that's just a whole nother piece of this where then how are our women getting enough time after having baby to actually be taken care of well inside their family system um, so that they physically can feel good and emotionally and, and mentally feel good? Because all those things integrate together. So I I think that's a huge misunderstood part and then we're not supporting people all over the country and each of our states to do that. Um, We're next door to the state of Washington and the state of Washington has a great Family Medical Leave Act for moms. And and yet in Idaho where we are, we do not have that. So our moms then are not really getting the support. They don't have the monetary support in order for them to be able to stay home to actually facilitate their children's health the way really they should. And remember that bonding is so significant in that time frame postpartum those first three months, that mom is really connecting. And we know long-term that a mom needs that time in order to actually bond with um, their kids.
0: Totally. So let's shift gears real quick. And I want to talk about that fourth trimester and again, that quality of life. Um, So when should women get back to, I guess, their normal activity? I think this relates really well to what we were just talking about. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts on, you know, how do they transition into uh, you know this new st- stage of life uh, after post you know after prenatal okay, while they're postpartum.
1: Well, you know I I think France has a really great model, um, and France literally, uh, you know while you're in the hospital, you know whether you're in a birthing center or the hospital or whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, Uh, automatically you have a physical therapy referral. And why do you have a physical therapy referral right after having a baby? Because they know that a physical therapist who who specializes in women's health and pelvic health, et cetera, actually – Um, can facilitate a woman immediately to be able to know how she should be um, reactivating her core and moving around. So before they even leave the hospital, they have an evaluation by this PT, and the PT then immediately then is teaching them and educating them how to take care of themselves, things that they should do when they're lifting and carrying the baby, things that they should do positional-wise for nursing um, their children. And it happens immediately postpartum and, and, you know, physical therapists are musculoskeletal specialists. So they know how to teach this whole, um, set of muscles, how to work after actually going through, you know, the, the stress of labor and delivery. And, and that's when it should start. And I don't know why in the U S we sort of have this idea that we don't see any moms postpartum until six weeks. And That's just not my idea. My idea is that, you know, if a woman has a tear in the floor, you know, we, a lot of times we'll see a woman two weeks to three weeks after their baby, because we want to be part of their support system so that we can help facilitate them and the whole musculoskeletal world so that they actually feel good. I have moms coming in even earlier in that if they've had a really bad tear and they're sore, they're achy, you know, that maybe their back is hurting. Um, we may not do anything in their pelvic floor till everything is healed and they're, you know, six weeks postpartum after they see their physician, but there's so many other things that we should be helping a woman do from the time of labor and delivery, literally, um, all, all the way to that six weeks before they see their physician. Because think of it, they're, they're lifting and carrying their babies. They're doing all kinds of things. And if their pelvic floor isn't contracting and relaxing well, if their abdominal muscles don't know how to engage correctly, and this is why we like to see in postpart- I mean prenatal, is because prenatally, a lot of times we can already prep them for all that, so they know what to expect postpartum, but but we're not even seeing that. And you know, if if you look at what ACOG said, ACOG basically said, hey, physical therapy should be an integral part of this. And that happened in 2018 with their statement about the fourth trimester. And yet we do not see um, routinely our physicians um, actually referring to, um, uh, pelvic PT or women's health PT, um, early on postpartum, it's only a lot of times when a problem shows up.
0: Totally. Like a uh, a
1: leaky bladder or hemorrhoids or, you know, pelvic pain, a woman's trying to have intercourse again, and now she can't even have intercourse because she doesn't feel good. You know, her Prenatal scar, I mean, her uh, perineal scar is really thick and tight, and now suddenly she can't have sex because she doesn't feel good. So we're not seeing them till there's a problem. And what we want to do is see them before that, see them prenatally so that we can prevent things postpartum, and then see them early postpartum so we can prevent things like, um, you know, pelvic organ prolapses, et cetera. And just as a side note here too, and I'm not really understanding why so many women are being told so early on uh, postpartum that they have a pelvic organ prolapse. I mean, every woman after having a baby, all their pelvic organs are going to be lower. Their cervix is lower. Everything is engorged down there. So it's really not fair to tell a woman at six weeks postpartum, oh, you have a pelvic organ prolapse. Um, the uterus hasn't even actually shrunk back up to its normal position a lot of times for 12 weeks postpartum. So to tell a woman, oh, my goodness, you have a, pel- a pelvic organ prolapse, and I'm getting women in our office that are being told, you know, at their six-week checkup, oh, it looks like you have a pelvic organ prolapse, and you're like, that tissue hasn't even had a chance to reabsorb and get back into its um, good alignment, and we're already, like, making women feel crazy by telling them, oh my goodness, all your organs are going to fall out. I mean, what a thing to tell a woman at six weeks postpartum. So I think we need to do a better job at not saying words that are scary to women so early postpartum. Hey, we're supposed to be taking care of them and helping them feel good postpartum, not saying scary words to them. And give a woman a time and teach her the things that she needs to do so that postpartum, all of this tissue has a chance to actually um, health, you know, in a a good, healthy way, reabsorb the way it should. And we could be teaching them that if we can just see them earlier. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. So do you feel like a lot of those symptoms? Like I, I guess it sounds, you know, it is a perfect segue into my next question, which is like, are do, are those symptoms postpartum? Are they fixable? Because I think there's a lot of people that just don't have hope. Like they like they're like, oh, I'm gonna live this quality of life for the rest of my life. Where if I jump on a trampoline, <laughs> I have incontinence or. Um, You know, they think that this pelvic organ prolapse is just going to be this lifelong thing that they manage. So how can those be addressed, I guess, through like musculoskeletal help and coordination with their physician?
1: So, you know, again, our goal would be that um, we could see uh, women really early on postpartum um, just to help facilitate them through that so that they have the hope and the understanding and the education to realize all these things we can help. With so that the body can um, actually restore its natural natural. Um, rhythmical pattern. So the integration of abdominal muscles to the pelvic floor is so significant because think of it, abdominal muscles really stretch out so much, but fascially through their fascial line, they actually go into the level of the pelvic floor um, where the bladder lies. So think of it, if you have a bladder that's sitting a little lower than it should be after labor and delivery, some of the easy things that you and I can start with is actually strength training the abdominal muscles because what did they do? They assist in helping to lift and support through their fascial lines. Um, Think of it, you know, a a woman, you know, during um, pregnancy, her ribs really overexpand, you know, up to 17 degrees, they say, of rib flaring. And so the the diaphragm, um, which directly integrates with the pelvic floor and its motion pattern, that diaphragm, if it's not working correctly because, you know, the ribs are really flared out, then it can't assist in the pelvic floor actually being able to work correctly. So reestablishing the integration between the diaphragm and the pelvic floor becomes so important and it's not about just sending a woman back into the gym and saying, oh, you know, go work out. Oh, yeah, I want women to start walking right away, but I'm not throwing them back into aggressive situations yet because I want to see that all these systems are actually integrating well with one another again. The same thing goes for the abdominal muscles to the back extensors. You know, a lot of my moms are like, oh, my back is killing me. You know, they're carrying their baby, they're carrying their diaper bag, or they're carrying the car seat and... And their diaper bags and their purse and they're loaded down walking around and you think, well, no wonder their back is hurting. But have we really correctly taught them how to engage their abdominal muscles to do what? Out to protect their back. So uh, the majority of the, my moms, I just uh, was at one of my mom's classes and one of my moms just had a baby and she's like, Sherry, like I want to be in here and I want to be working out with everybody. And I said, okay, well, let's just look at you quick and see are your muscles actually engaging appropriately for you to be doing such high level activity? And as soon as I took a look at her, I was like, well, no wonder your back is hurting so bad. Your abdominal muscles aren't even talking and working together with your back muscles to actually help your core have stability so you actually get an uplift. So I literally teach, you know, the multifidi and their back and their abdominal muscles to greet, you know, come together, greet in the middle, and it's like you're lifting up the container. So the container has support. And remember, a mom's abdominal muscles are so stretchy, kind of sometimes can't even feel them anymore. And the same thing with the pelvic floor muscles. So it's literally teaching those muscles to have sensitivity again because they've been so elongated. They've had so much pressure on them for such a long period of time. Now we're telling them, hey, we're waking them up again, how they should move and how they should work, etc. So I absolutely 100% believe Almost everything that we see postpartum can actually be dissipated or mitigated, etc. With what? With actual work training and teaching the system to integrate. I mean, the system wants to write itself. It just doesn't know how to do it. And so our job is to actually facilitate by touching muscles, by teaching them what to do. It actually goes to the brain and it soothes the brain. It tells the brain, oh, remember how this is supposed to work? Remember what this is supposed to do? And I tell you, you can see the aha moment when a, mo- a woman gets it's like oh oh i feel that oh that's the way that's supposed to work so i'm just saying the earlier on that we see people postpartum to make sure ensure the integration of their core is restored because they've done this crazy athletic event most of these things that we see happening you know in their systems and all of their systems can be taken care of even our c-section scar lines we've realized like if we can get to c-section scar lines and actually teach them to move every direction. So a scar line should move up and down, side to side, rotation, rotation. We wait for it to heal. We don't pull on the scar line. A lot of times we pull the edges of it together in order to gently move it. And we might have them moving their legs and their body around while we stabilize where their scar line is. Why? Because we don't want their scar line pulling and tugging on things. Any scar line has the propensity to grow adhesions, its own vascularity, um, get adipose tissue um, lodged around a scar line. So those things then will do what? Interrupt um, healthy movement patterns long term. So the the sooner we get intervention, whether that's a perineal body scar line, you know, in the pelvic floor or an abdominal scar line, but teach people how to move those scars gently once they're healed and once they're well enough, then we decrease the likelihood that it's going to Um, Produce any physical impairment.
0: This is great. This is super.
1: Yeah, 100%. We need to have intervention early and we need to take care of women.
0: Totally. (laughs) I, I think, um,
1: a woman, um, has to trust her instinct about her body. So if there's something in her system, a, a woman is so busy taking care of all the people that she loves, um, that a lot of times she puts herself last. So I think my call to action for all of us women is to actually slow ourselves down just enough. And maybe that's only two minutes or five minutes of meditation, but to actually connect with ourself and actually say, okay, what is it that my body needs? Not not what anybody else needs from me, but like what in the physical realm is it that my body needs? And then give ourselves the right, the time and the money um, to actually be allotted to ourself, to actually take care of those things and then be willing to ask for help so that you can do it. I think that's the hardest thing a woman you know is ever faced with postpartum wise because she loves this baby she bonds to him her whole brain changes if you look at all the work that happens in your brain her whole brain changes after having a baby and that's a wonderful thing because in those brain changes she then connects and she bonds with her children for the rest of her life but the trouble is is that then sometimes she forgets that her physical realm is the vehicle that she needs to facilitate the rest of her family system. And if she forgets how to ask for help to take care of herself, and if she forgets actually how to stay in tune with herself to know what she needs, what will happen is I see women 20 and 30 and 40 years later that should have taken care of something that they knew was an issue, literally postpartum, but guess what they did? They just kept sweeping it under the rug because they didn't I- understand that that thing compounds and gets worse and worse if we don't choose to actually take care of who we are.
0: Awesome. That's perfect, Andrew. Well, I'll leave it there. Thank you again. and We'll talk again soon.
1: Thanks.